The explosion of grief that followed the death of her husband is channeled into Sian Parker's new play, All I See. It's about two recently bereaved people who help each other through their grief. And while it's not her own story, Sian writes from having experienced overwhelming loss. It's a busy time for the writer and performer. An earlier play of hers, Sorry for Your Loss, is being restaged for Auckland Live's Matariki season at the Herald Theatre next month. We started, though, by talking about the new work. So All I See was inspired by my own personal loss, the sudden loss of my husband. And I found myself in the middle of national lockdown at home about six months after his passing. And I and I had the urge to start creating again and, and making my new piece. And of course, the only thing that was kind of circulating in my brain was grief, was what that grieving process looked like and and so I kind of ran with it. And um, yeah, so that's where it kind of started. And I managed to get a really good group of collaborators in to grow it from there. Gosh, when you're tapping into something so painful and so personal, though, has it helped you? Absolutely. You know, during that whole time, there was all those campaigns of how art can heal. And I was experiencing that within practice. It's my work, but it's also my escape. And I found myself afterwards realising that there was a real lack of of language around around the grieving process. Days after, I made a big order on Book Depository on reading any material around sudden loss, and I still couldn't really find the language for what I was personally experiencing. And so developing this piece has allowed me to really find the language in my art form to be able to express it. And and by doing that and seeing how other collaborate, collaborators come in, it's giving it a, a whole nother a life and, and meaning for me to sit back and, and see, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. And I'm just looking, I mean, you, your characters, your two characters, one is not named Sian. You have Naya no. and John. So what is their story, their individual stories, I guess, and how you bring them together? It was really important for us early on in the process to to create a really clear distance from me and the character that I would be playing um, for obvious reasons, you know, to keep myself safe in this in this performance as well as to to be able to explore a bit further. It's not as interesting to put my story on stage, I think that's for for behind closed doors so for Naya, uh, the only kind of similarity that we share is that we both lost a husband suddenly at a young age. So she is a, a young widow who's really struggling. She's she's stuck in a loop of uh, what happened to her husband and she can't move beyond that. She also struggles to find the language to articulate what she's um, experiencing and her perception on the world. And she's young, you know, so she's... She has a lot more living to do beyond this. And for for Naya, I think that can be quite isolating. And for John, uh, he is an, he, he's also lost his wife, but he's at an older age, uh, still quite young to lose a life partner, but at an age somewhat where he's ready to join his wife. And so we meet both these characters and they meet each other at the, the graves of their loved ones at very different points of their lives experiencing the same thing. We see how they can help each other and ultimately how they can learn to live again in their own way. 
I see a line in the publicity that they bond over planning their ideal funeral. Yeah. <laughs> and it is that kind yeah, of dark yeah. humour that comes from these experiences sometimes, isn't it, as a, as a coping mechanism? Absolutely. We're so good at that in New Zealand, to find something, crack up, and, and through it be able to really talk about our feelings as long as everyone in the room is having a laugh. It, it's quite um, natural. And I think it's something in, in my writing style as well. I like for, you know, maybe the tragedy isn't necessarily the saddest scene. It's when you see characters really breaking down in laughter and, and there's a vulnerability there when we when we can laugh about the unsayable things. I've seen Nye described as having memories that ricochet. Has that been your experience too? And that's very hard, isn't it, when they, they you're overwhelmed really by them mm-hmm. and they, they overtake every other thought. Absolutely. It's what inspired that was I uh, read a book from Joan Didion, uh, and she coined this phrase called the vortex effect, and and I found it really interesting. And she talks about how people who uh, suffer trauma or or are going through the grieving process have times in their everyday mundane mundane lives where they're doing the same old thing, but they find themselves replaying internally memories in such detail where you're basically reliving those moments and they can be completely normal mowing the lawn two years ago but you're right there the hard thing about that though is that you always have to crash through reality you have to crash through what happened uh, whether that's the trauma or the loss and so there's there's that real cyclical thing that happens internally while you're functioning externally and I found that really interesting so that was something that we explored within the room as a dramaturgical device and yeah it's it's completely I I experience it myself and I'm sure everyone does whether they've had a sudden loss or not of that dual kind of face that we put on you know where we're, we're in everyday situation while we're still able to pull from those memories and it's about you know how much do we pull from those memories to be able to cope in the now and with her being so young and her partner being so young for Nyan and for yourself, that issue of what ifs or if onlys is natural too, isn't it, to think about? If Absolutely. Only. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If only and what ifs. And I think, you know, that happens whether we're around grief or not. But I think life, the our perception of life after we we suffer a sudden loss completely changes the way that we look at time. And sometimes we can get stuck in that what if and if only and we should have and we could have. You know, it's a natural process of grieving and grief and and sometimes it's really hard to see beyond that. And so that's something that was really interesting for us to stage of, of being stuck in a loop and can't see anything beyond that. I imagine for John too, and I'm going to lob something in here that's personal, mm-hmm. I hope relevant. I remember talking to an, an elderly um, neighbour who was saying that his wife had died before him unexpectedly and he felt angry and guilty. He felt he should have been the one to die first. And it was just mm-hmm. one of the most heartbreaking conversations I've had over the fence uh, the mm. first time and last time that we spoke. And I, mm. I was thinking about John in that way too when you have had a, a life partner for a very long time, one of you almost certainly will pass first. And that's a whole mm-hmm. other area of, of pain. Absolutely. The dynamic in that is something that we were really interested in, in having someone who shared a whole life, a full life with their partner and lost 
them and, and then trying to find out their new normal, knowing that they may not have decades left. Um, so how do they spend that time? And we're talking about, you know, living in memory and, and looking to the past and what ifs and things. It's, I found it very interesting to look at it from John's perspective of looking in the past and imagining, you know, that full life versus her, who she's kind of, she's more directed at the future and, and, and thinking what if or if only. So that dynamic was really interesting. And for John's character, finding who he is without her was really, really painfully enlightening. I'm sure at the end of it, and this is often the hope, isn't it, of our creatives, that it will set up some conversations, perhaps. You know, when people leave the theatre, you want them to think about the work and maybe have a, have a chat. Totally. If I were to mark out you know, what this show could do or the, how I would perceive success for this show, if I could mark that out, when... You know, I lost my husband, and when I was trying to pick up the pieces after that, I found that people didn't talk about grief. You know, we don't really see it articulated well, and and we don't know how to talk about grief, which means we don't know how to support those who are grieving and and all of that. But what I realised through this process is that we actually don't have the language for it. Uh, We don't know the words to say, and I found, for me anyways, I didn't know how to articulate what I was going through. But I think this piece is really close to it. I don't think it's the answer. I don't think it's, you know, top tips of how to survive grief. But I think I think people are able to see that and see a version of the articulation of grief. My marker for success would be if someone could walk away and say, that's exactly how I felt. Or I wish I felt like that. Or, you know, I didn't experience my loss like that, but maybe they did. That's success for, for me, for this show, is if people can continue that conversation around grief and loss using the show. You are a natural collaborator. You collaborated also on Sorry for Your Loss. It's um, being performed in, in Auckland. Why do you enjoy the collaborative framework for creating work, Sian? Uh, because it's not for everybody. A, a lot of artists no. are very content and controlling the whole thing start to finish. I think it really en- enriches the piece when you can get a group of artists to care about about a story. It can only bring more to the process. I'm really fortunate with my collaborators. They're this, they're the same or similar team. Laura Horhe is the director and dramaturg, and Andy Duggan's the composer uh, for both shows. And then we've we've added in Mihailo Lajovic, who I've worked with in other shows as as an actor and a script consultant, and he's worked with me from an actor's perspective. And Eddie Elliott's worked with us for the choreography of the piece, and we've got Bob Savia as a as a performer. And it's everyone's bringing their A game into this piece and there's something really beautiful as, um, I don't know what I'd be called, uh, the person who brings the seed of an idea to watch these artists come in and articulate their own versions of what's important and and how to p- uh, portray these stories. It only enriches it. And so when you're able to, to collaborate and bring everything into a mounting pot, you've got so much more opportunity to choose from rather than if I was sitting in isolation and and writing from my perspective. You performed uh, perform in both shows. For this one, for all I see, though, Sian, I imagine ahead of the premiere, because it is personal and it is tapping into, into your own emotions through this character, you're going to have to s- separate yourself out to a degree to protect yourself. 
do you think? How mm-hmm. are you going to, I know your team's going to be looking out for you, but how, how are you going to approach this? And I don't know for opening night, is there a, a, a combination of excitement and concern perhaps? Mm. I'm really proud of the piece that we've put together. I think there's a really clear distinction to the characterization of Naya versus me. But yeah, absolutely, it's it's completely vulnerable. And I'm quite a private person. And so I understand that there is an opportunity for people to perceive what we're portraying on stage as my reality. And I've acknowledged that. I think that's probably the, the scariest thing for me is understanding that people will take what they will and will believe what they think really happened versus the story that we're showing. Um, so I just have to come back to that. And, and, and it's, a, it's a mental thing. It's, it's something that I'm preparing for in the last few weeks of understanding this piece, understanding the power it could have for people who experience things similar to what I have and standing by that as well as understanding, yeah, the chance that it could open me up to, to people perceiving it as reality. Sian Parker presents a premiere of her work All I See as part of the 2021 Kiamal Festival. It plays at Wellington Circa Theatre from the 4th of June, while Sorry for Your Loss is part of Auckland Live's Matariki season at the Herald Theatre starting on June the 19th.